2: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com
0: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
2: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Good evening. Welcome to this episode of Under the Helmet. Well, yesterday was pretty much... Beat to Sleep Saturday, where we had many, and I mean many, blowouts all over the APDFL. To discuss them, of course, our guys, Matt Kelly. Good evening, Matt. How are you?
4: What's going on? I'm doing great.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> One of the things first thing I want to talk about is the Gators. They played a Alabama Tigers team that they really weren't ready for. That the Gators put. Something on Alabama that Ajax and Comet wouldn't take off.
1: What
4: Everybody was the final score on that one.
3: It was fifty-one to zero. Everyone A
4: scored. A lot of 50, 50 points.
3: <laughs> Everybody scored, and for me, I will give. I will give them. I should say. I will give. Alabama credit they were undermanned but they, they 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 kept at it and they tried and they got there like when you're facing a team that has two three even four deep at every position and you show up with less than a full complement of your players that's what's going to happen and one of the things i did notice is that Keith Ray played extensively even returned a kickoff 85 yards. For those younger, Kiki, (laughs) explain what he brings to the Gators and to the fold. Uh,
4: Kiki uh, Kiki is really considered one of the uh, best players to ever come through the APDFL and APDFL uh, history. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, when I saw his name come across the roster, I, uh, as a famous announcer once said, business just picked up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so,
4: uh, you know, that was a big move. And, you know, I've, I've told you um, in some of the conversations we had, if they if they figure out how to get him and Tyrone in the on, on the field at the same time and moving, they are a very dangerous team with what, what they already have. Um could turn into a Percy uh Harvin Peter Ward type player for them. And you still got Kiki who is if the ball's in his hand is he's dangerous. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a load, you know, that on uh, on that west side that that's that's a load I uh I think it's a like two horse race over there right now.
3: Do you think uh, it's
4: well with, with with Pike being uh, a close a close uh, third? But I'm not gonna count Pike out because they they've shown that you know they can hold their own too. <laughs> For as you know keep, expo- keep you go to any the game and here you go.
3: <laughs> For explosive as the offense was last night for the Gators, their defense in two games they've only surrendered six points and they have depth they don't get tired because they can roll out four eight linemen on the defense side of the ball and they will throw out a plethora of defensive backs looking at their schedule do they lose another regular or do they lose a regular season game if I read the schedule to you, I'm going to read it to you. Cobras, Crusaders, Phantoms, Niners, Storm, Hellcats, Jets, Horsemen.
1: Uh,
4: I don't see it. I think the Horsemen will give them a good game. What, what, you said Hubcats?
3: Yep. The, uh, uh, Hellcats, oh, Jets, yeah. and Horsemen.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah the Hellcats. Uh, I don't see it. I think... The horsemen is gonna be their next challenge. Hellcat, I think uh if they overlook the Hellcat, they could be in for a long game. But I think the horsemen are the are the the biggest uh, the biggest pitfall for them to not go in the still in the regular season. Oh. especially with them being down there, they. You know, they avoid the Cobras. Uh, I don't to say the Fountains, but <laughs> I don't know what's going on Oh, again, we about right to get now. to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think mean, that biggest pitfall is the horsemen. And, and I don't uh, – I think it's going to be a good, good physical game, but I, I still think they walk away unscathed.
3: Now – We got to talk about the Horsemen. They went down last night to Orlando, and ooh, it was an Wait. ugly.
4: Was that game in Atlanta or, or Orlando? I thought it was Orlando. In Atlanta. Oh, wow. Okay.
3: Yeah, they uh, who? They hung fifty-six on the Phantoms. Horsemen are now two and one. And yeah, they ooh. Now, here's the thing. The Horsemen, when they entered the league, they, you know, teams come in, they, you know, jokingly talk. The But the Horsemen also, like, smacked Crushers the week before for their first APDLFL win in years, but here right. you got the Phantoms. Literally, the Phantoms became the Horsemen's signature, early signature APDFL win. How does that work for the Phantoms at this point? Because they are now 0-2. Well,
4: this this is this is the thing with me about the Phantoms. They're 0-2 right now. But let's go back to last season. They're looking for that signature to win. Because maybe last year, Gulf Coast... Uh, not Gulf Coast. Uh, Central.
3: Central. Central. They didn't beat,
4: they didn't beat Gulf Coast. mm uh-uh. they They finished 1-1 one one last year before we cut the season short, right? I okay. think.
3: Yep. And here's the thing. The APDFL is, I call it the Janet Jackson League, because it's pretty much what have you done for me lately. And yep. for all the talk from the Phantoms, are they going to go down as one of the most disappointing – Arrivals in this league in years, or do you think they will write the ship this year?
4: I think they have a strong organization, and they have some of the pieces to write the ship. The problem is, it's kind of like you remember when USC had those great years,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and then two and eight uh, Stanford upset them. And they started this trickle downfall, mhm, and they started just losing. I, I that's kind of where they're at right now. They had the flair they they have all this stuff, they have the you know the tradition and all all that working for them but here here you are when we still waiting to see you do something, and the other thing is the horsemen. Something that you have to do to be successful at at, at this level of all. they travel well. In this league, I don't care who you are from top to bottom. If you cannot win on the road, you will not be standing in the, the
3: seat. Uh, as,
4: as as we've seen it, you will have some teams be great at home, but when it's time to get on the road. It is. It is. You know, you you and and the excuses start flying. Oh, we missing this person. Oh, we missing that person.
0: If we or, had uh, one,
4: two more, or uh, what you call it, it was last year, uh, COVID got us. Well,
3: COVID got everybody.
4: Yeah, COVID got everybody. Uh, and then is the you know the home cooking rail is this that and the third. We we've heard it all, and. At the end of the day, you just gotta go out there and play balls.
3: No I tell, I'm,
4: I tell my, uh, my my guys all the time, not not even at this level, but in high school, because I the same excuses you gonna get. And they like, coach, we gonna go here, man. They referee was no good last time we played over there. Guess what? If if that's how you feel, well, you need to score seven touchdowns, so five of them will count. They can't call back every one of them. Score seven, the five of them count. Good. That means you scored thirty-five points. You still—that means the other team still got to score all the other time too. Control what you can control. And when you get in here and you start talking, we still waiting on that sentence win. Who do they yeah. have left?
3: First, they started with—they start the season with three consecutive home games, which is wild to me. They—they're—they're uh, they are they're, they're all, they're all in two at home. They haven't traveled yet. They won't travel until the twenty-seventh. This week they have the Georgia Knowles, the 2 0 Georgia Knowles. Make that make sense.
4: Hey, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I keep telling you, that year off helped a lot of people.
3: It helped them because they, they seem like they're focused and they are going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Now,
4: here's, I, I, will, I will give them that against playing with them. They were determined to run the ball. I will, I will give them that. They are determined.
3: They're trying to establish the run like it is their job, and they are not going to take a pass if they have to. Now, here is the rest of the Phantom schedule. Home for the Knolls, at the Crushers, at the Gators, home for the Storm, at the, at the Atlanta Tigers. Home for the Crusaders at the Knolls again, and the Cobras again. Now I'm not sure if this. I mean, this I, don't, looks,
4: I don't. I don't see. I don't see them beating. Okay.
3: Is this a four-loss type of season for them?
4: I okay, think so. Uh, today show me some right now that tossed up with the with the storm. Uh, they're still licking their wounds when uh, the Noles get that that'll be a loss
3: because honestly if the Noles run the ball the way the horsemen did last night this is going to be a long long game the Noles have that 70s, 80s, 90s Nebraska approach to football we're just going to put our head down we're going to stand across the line and we're going to punch in the mouth They are really not here to do anything else to risk them. And they, to their credit, I'll give them this, they they fight like that, and I like that. When we come back from break, we need to discuss the actual Cobras themselves. You are listening to the Under the Helmet podcast on the FPC radio network. We are back with the Under Helmet Podcast. Terrence Biggs, Matt Kelly, Matt. Let's talk about the Cobras. Again, they they were dominant. They won a game that well that they were supposed to win. They played a Tigers team that they handled. And what surprised me most is not the prolific offense from the Cobras; it's the defense. They have a pass rush, and we always said. When talking about the Cobras, I was told two things when I started covering the league. One, if they travel well, they're going to be a problem. Two, if they can cobble together a strong defense to even take some of the heat off the offense, they're going to be a problem. The unconquered Cobras are now officially a problem. What is the ceiling for this team right now? I'll come back to Matt when he chimes back in. But basically the Cobras are, they're diverse. They have at least three or four good receivers. They have arguably the best receiver in ABDFL and LeVon Downs. They have a quarterback in Marcus Brooks who makes all the throws, his timing. It is... He has that type of chemistry with his receivers, and you can tell it's building. And Antonio Ivey has built something special there where the more they play together, the more they implement their team, the better off they are, where it's more of a strong background, and now that they have a defense, and now they have ability to get home. They are gonna be a problem. Now they had to Pensacola and they play the Gators and the Gators are, as we mentioned, dominant. Matt is back. Matt, I just mentioned the Cobras and the fact that they have such a strong pass rush. They have a defense. They are a problem now and they're gonna be a headache for a lot of teams. What is their ceiling?
4: And, and what a lot of people don't realize about the COVID was, I saw it about had to be maybe three three years ago. Three, um, yeah, about three four years ago. They they wasn't traveling well, like you said, but they uh, but they had the pieces there. Now they traveling. They got a pass rush. They got a offense that's moving. It's, it's ridiculous. And they they were already a tough out when they they wasn't full strength. Now they're full strength, and it's, it's a dog fight. You 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 playing them, you better be ready to be hit, banged against, pushed around, bullied. Anything they can do to cause the win, they gonna do it. And so and their their pass rush is, is uh, ridiculous. You know they they're getting. It's, it's almost that, that that D-line mentality, meet me back there in the backfield. Let's see who get there first.
3: And they're doing it. Yeah, one of the teams, a lot of teams in this league tend to mirror the personality of a head coach. It's weird. It's interesting that a quarterback, a former quarterback, Antonio Ivey, has the offense mirrors his approach to offense, but a defense mirrors his no-nonsense, tough personality where he is going to want to fight you. And he right. takes that personality. They take that, those traits seriously. Now, we're going to stay in the state, state of Georgia. The Georgia Thrashers are for real. Yeah. They dismantled a pretty tough Crescent City Kings team last night.
4: Yeah. Yup. Yep. And, had, and, you know, a, huh? Go ahead. Folks, you know, folks on you know, a lot of people don't know who T-Von, uh Taylor is, but if you follow NCAA ball over the years and stuff like that, you know who he is. <laughs> if you ever follow, uh, ESPN 300, you know who he is. <laughs> and he's putting on clinics right now. Any team that decides they're going to go for it on fourth and 21 on the Atlanta Blackhawks with no second thought and get it, that tells you where they're at right now.
3: (laughs) Supremely confident. And they have – Sammy Johnson is climbing the ranks of being one of the better receivers in this league. He really is. He – when we talked to him, he exuded the confidence of saying that he thinks he's already the best. I was like, mmm. But, film is not lying. That man can play. And he is a, he is a physical matchup nightmare. Cool. For smaller cornerbacks. He is, and they have a deep corner, they have a deep receiver rotation. And on the defensive side of the ball, Darius Gillette is,
4: yeah. has been around
3: for a while. Yeah. He's been around for a while, and he's one of, if not one of the smartest pass rushers in this league where he studies film and he knows tendencies. And you can tell that he does such thorough game prep where he's not going to put himself in a disadvantageous position. And the Thrashers as a team are.
4: That's for real. That's yes, for real. It, it, it ain't no
3: other way to say it. That, that's for real. Out of nowhere, just, I mean, I knew that they would be good because of the organization and the athletes they have, but I didn't think they would be able to stand toe-to-toe with the Blackhawks, only lose by a point, dismantle the, the Kings, and they're about to host y'all in about six days. How y'all feeling yeah. about that one?
4: We know he's going in there with a uh, – with a team that ain't a joke, nobody uh-huh. we can take lightly at all, and you know, we 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 told our guys yesterday, good job, great uh, win, all that stuff. Glad you got that under your belt, but you gonna be a dog fight next this week, so we you know enjoy this until about twelve o'clock tonight. and then it, that needs – your focus need to be <laughs> the Georgia Thrashers. <laughs>
3: When we come back from break, I want to discuss the redemption story and not so much redemption, but the rebound from a rough loss to a win against an elite team. You are listening to the Under the Helmet Podcast on the FBC Radio Network. We're back with another podcast, Terrence Biggs, Matt Kelly. Matt, we need to talk about the Mississippi dynasty. On the heels of that 10-6 loss, we saw a mini shakeup as far as a couple of players left, and then they're just – that didn't feel like a dynasty team that we have seen in the past, but they went back to Pearl. They lined it up against the Alabama Blackhawks, and you saw vintage dynasty. You saw that offensive line march downfield, you saw cavernous gaps in the Blackhawks defense at points. You saw the running game. Hell, you saw Jay Hicks as a lead blocker, like, destroying somebody. The offensive line looks stout. It. Gladney, Roderick Gladney, is regarded as one of, if not the best offensive linemen in this league. He, through film, you could see him achieving the rare double. Block one guy, get downfield, block another guy on a run, and just throw him out the way. And there there were holes that I swore that, I mean, it just... I was worried about their offense lying on the season because Mike Gatewood, regardless the best center, retired. And that leaves a pretty sizable gap. But the dynasty got back on track, and they... They slowed a very prolific Blackhawks team. What, what, what was your take coming from that game?
4: Uh, basically, you said it right there, Bennett Bennett's Dynasty. Uh, going back to what what they do best, we got. They don't have to score a lot of points. That, you know, that's always been their thing. They they don't care about scoring a lot of points. They don't care about putting up all the stats, anything like that. They just care that they're one point better than you. And they, uh, and they, they went that. They capitalized on what they do. They feast on turnovers. I think, um, the Blackhawks had four, four or five turnovers. Mm-hmm. And, short, and, and it was on the short side of the field. And, you know, they don't have to, they didn't let the Blackhawks who have, you know, just like they have a prolific offense, they have a prolific defense, mm-hmm. and it's tough when you playing with your back against the wall all night. And that's that's kind of old dynasty. They trying to just hey, we just gonna beat you down in this corner and make you fight a uphill battle, play at our speed and go for them. That's what they did. They they made it. You know, we we ain't got to get in these long drives with you. will we'll. we'll beat you down like
3: this. I mean, it was the... Watching some of that game and watching... It was wild to see a few things. First, Louis Ellis as an end. He was an end. He played end. And he was in shape and he was focused. And ugh, that man is hard to block. And it just... They give such interesting looks on defense. And... I believe the Gator game was a wake up call. Like they're like the Gator Game kinda probably drew things into a different perspective where the Dynasty really aren't used to losing. Like they they, they have what one loss in the last what twenty some odd games? And yeah, they just okay. they just this was good. This was a good thing for him. Now, moving past that, we need to actually stay in Mississippi and talk about the the Titans. Pike two and zero. Did you anticipate Pike being two and zero at this point?
4: Um, I knew they were going to be strong, but you know, I mean, they ain't nothing to sneeze at. But it's a lot of. Oh, it's a lot of teams that 2-0 right now than they expect to be 2-0. <laughs> so, <laughs> right now, I, I had thought about making a post and saying uh, what we expected and what we got. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they were won the ones I didn't really see coming. I knew they were going to be a strong team. and Here they are, 2-0. And, and I of got to give props because, you know, it was some people over on the other side, particularly the dynasty, that tried to warn people. Hey, man, they're going to come in and there ain't going to be no joking.
3: Exactly. And if you look at their schedule, they are – they they haven't had a home game yet, but yet they host the Savages on Saturday and their schedule gets difficult – Little easy, then then ends difficult. They go to Pearl, then in a few weeks after that they go to New Orleans to face the Lightning, and then they go to Irondale to face the Blackhawks, and then they are home for the Kings. Those stacking those wins now helps. Do you think they can pull an upset of any of those teams that I mentioned?
4: Uh, I think they're definitely gonna. I, I think they're gonna beat the savages. I ain't gonna say definitely, but I'm a hard lean for them to beat the savages. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know where the what the where the team is at uh, right now, but they're gonna be a strong team. And it all depends on how bad the weather is.
3: That's the hard part, and that's that's the that's the part that is going to be. Interesting for them, but credit to them. They they beat a, a Hellcat team that was fired. The Hellcats have a player I think whose name is Quasi Myers. He is a defensive end. Matt, just, he is lightning off the corner. Just, whew. If they compliment him on the other side with another pass rusher, they might have something. And But he gets off the snap in a minute, and good hand fighter, Tip of the hat to the man. Now, speaking of we need to talk about the comeback of the weekend, which was the Tuskegee Airmen were down and they managed to actually beat the Steel City Raptors twenty eight to twenty six. The airmen also took a comeback
4: kids right now. Yeah, they're the comeback kids right now. Second week in a row.
3: How do you see the airmen's fortune? The rest of us, the matches, what has them in, in these games currently?
4: Heart. That's his heart. That's all it is. Believing that you can still win, even when it looks very grim. They um, I know a lot of those guys over there, and they're fighters. They don't, they're not going right to back down, they're going to play to the last whistle. So, you know, you got Quentin Patrick over there, which, you know, he's the heart and soul of that defense right now. You got a few other folks, Kale Cox, uh, Octavius Moore is over there. They, They got a lot of, they got a lot of weapons over there that, uh, that makes it hard to believe they're ever really out of a game.
3: Now, their next two games, they play the Vikings and Wolfpack. There's a chance that the Tuskegee Airmen can go 4-0 before they they host the Garden City Seahawks. And then they, they, they have the Seahawks, they have the Blackhawks, and they have Yaw. So there's a good chance that They could start four and zero, and then have three hard games, and then they finish with the Crushers, the Tigers, and the Storm. So, this really could be a six or seven win Airmen team.
1: What
3: is the league ready for that? I
4: don't know. I think um, they've been a little underestimated, and they um, and if the league ain't. Ain't ready for it. They better get ready for it. So <laughs> um, you know, Black trying he runs a good program, and he's on. He got the guys believing. And that's that's nine percent of the battle, right there. Just gotta believe in it.
3: Now, we need to talk about your Predators. They had a nice a rebound win. How do you think the change in quarterback will help you?
4: Oh well we 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 still gonna stick to what we what we got right now, but you know, uh, each quarterback that we've been using brings something different to the table. So, you know, uh one is a running gun. We we can get get in and up and down the field. How we want, and then you got nothing that's very methodical and likes to pick apart the defenses.
3: <laughs> Not wrong with that. You it guys had... got
4: one like <laughs> that's a big bully. So it just it just depends.
3: It depends on the team. You guys have your trip to Atlanta coming up, but following you have the they're trying to set up a rivalry game because the two teams are close. But the Columbus Storm. Now I talked to. <laughs> Darius Gillette uh, Thursday, and I asked him because I asked him that the difference between the Georgia Cobras and the Columbus Storm because theoretically, not theory actually the cobras play in Florida, and the storm plays in Georgia, but yet he said that he you know he considers the cobras Georgia and the Storm Alabama. Is that the way it is throughout the league?
4: Well, I could say that. Well, yeah, but I guess you can say that because the Columbus Storms technically do play in Alabama. They play in New City, our hometown. Um, so, I can see why he, why he says that. And then the Cobras, technically, yes, they play on in, in Florida, but it's right on the Georgia line in Monticello, so.
3: Like right across the way. Now, right, we're gonna you know it's discuss. The
4: week. it's the same with The storm, they just mm-hmm. right across the river. So,
1: True.
4: I mean, from the stadium, you can look into Columbus.
3: Georgia.
1: Okay.
4: So I, I I get what they're saying.
3: Now the lightning rebounded, and that was that was a that was a game they needed to kind of get healthy on, and with that defense, because they have they have a serious defense. Carlos Cola is, you know, two, two sacks coming into the game last night. I still got to check the stats from the game, but he looks like he's gearing up for another dominant season. What is their early ceiling?
4: About Carlos or the Lightning?
3: About the Lightning themselves.
4: They're going to be a fourth out the West. They they one that can win. They you know first week they had a heartbreaker, you well know, in and, and double overtime. But they I think they're gonna right the ship and they're gonna be a, a force. I think this is the year that they can make a move in New Orleans.
3: I agree. I think this is this is their shot at it, and this is their chance to kind of make noise because the way their schedule breaks. They play the Rampage. They play the Kings, the Jets, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Crusaders. Before they play the Dynasty and Pearl, and they go back home and play the Tigers. Theoretically, right now they're only a three-loss team. Maybe like, and that's that might be a home playoff game. And I like the fact that they build from within and they will bring players over. And that's interesting. What? 0 and two team shouldn't panic yet. Well what team that hasn't won, I should say, shouldn't panic.
4: Um we ain't got, we ain't got win yet. Oh, sure. the Raptors are not 0 oh, one that shouldn't panic. They they should panic. I think they're they they're a player two away from being at least one and one. Uh A lot of people have have kind of joked on and stuff like that. Don't sleep on the rampage. Um, they got two, two running backs back there. That are they, <laughs> they are a load. They are load to the um, They built like uh, Ray Rice <laughs> and and. and uh, in uh, shape, Eddie Lacy, and they do not go down on first contact.
3: All about that contact balance. Yeah, and
4: they're, and they're not shying away from contact either. They're looking for it.
3: I'm looking um, to see how the Orlando Phantoms rebound. I know we have, you know, we have I, that. I don't.
4: I don't. Yeah, I don't think they should panic just yet. But if they can't write the shit soon. They might have to hit a hard take like a long
3: look in the mirror. I don't think they should panic either because I think that like like you mentioned, they have a good organization. They do have talent, but they need to start stacking these wins because it's gonna get early it's gonna get late kinda early for them if they don't start to string together wins and actually string together quality wins. That's the most important thing. Um What's
1: it, are the Jets are the Jets
4: won a game?
3: No. The Jets are the Jets are one of those teams that how do I explain this? A
4: couple years ago, they were five
3: Yeah, that's like they haven't scored. Because they were you, your team that actually like has won two games that flies way under the radar. The Forty ers
4: Oh, look! That was one of my shocking things. It was. Who who could believe that
3: the 49ers were two zero right now? They are two and zero. They are. Really mhm. I don't
4: think nobody saw, saw either one of them come two and zero at this point.
3: With the with the Jets, I kind of expect a little bit more at this point because, like I said, they haven't scored. I they played. They played the Pike County Titans, they lost 12-0, and then they got blanked by the Niners. They play the Crushers this week. They play the Crushers and Vikings next two weeks. Then they have Lightning, Savages, Crusaders, the Alabama Tigers, the Gators, and Rampage. So,
4: theoretically, they they, they they, shouldn't shouldn't panic yet. They shouldn't panic yet. No. They um, they, they schedule, they actually match up pretty well with a lot of
1: those teams.
3: But I'm in, I'm still interested in lo- looking at the uh, the Seahawks because I've heard so many good things about that team out of Augusta. I want to, you know, people have said don't sleep on them because they're going to start shocking people.
4: Uh, Ralph Scott, which is one of their big leaders up there, one of, one of my good friends, uh, me and Ralph played together uh, a few years ago. And, uh I know what type of competitor he is, and I know how he 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 has teams. He's able to keep them motivated. Don't so, I, I? keep telling people I wouldn't.
3: I wouldn't sleep on them. It's weird watching all these teams in Georgia like just invade the league and just bring talent. Even the team that's scuffling, like the Tigers, they have talent, you know, and yeah. the. The crush is our first year team and, you know, they're gonna hopefully feel, you know, kinda build it back and kinda get it right, but at the Knolls, you got the Cobra's, you got the Horsemen, you got the Thrash. The state is, Georgia's making themselves known. Like, that, like I said, and I, apparently people got a little upset, but they are giving Alabama a serious challenge for as far as depth of teams.
1: Uh, I mean,
4: it's true. They, they kind of got things that are all, all nice size yeah. Exactly. No,
3: exactly.
4: They, they, they're near Albany, they're near uh, Albany-Americans. You, uh, you got the Covers a little toward uh, you know kind of that little funny area between Dawson and Kingston and all that. hmm You got you got um, Garden City. Seahawks technically they're in South Carolina but they're on the line. are they in North Augusta, South Carolina. <laughs> um you got Columbus right on the river. You got Atlanta, you got Macon. I mean I'm saying they really missing is Rome.
3: Rome or they even
4: if Dalton Danger had came over that would have covered that and then I, yeah, Savannah yeah.
3: I think what's going to happen is that teams and other leagues are going to see the success of the Georgia teams and I would not be surprised if two or three more came over to follow suit
1: yeah.
3: and like I and, said and the anything they're, me-
4: they're, not, they're not pulling off in the same area either that's
3: the difference. Completely different. Like, Georgia is deep in talent and they're pulling from completely different areas. Now, before we head out, good luck to y'all in Atlanta. I'm looking for a good game here, man. This has been another episode we gonna, of. We're
4: going to try to give it to them.
3: <laughs> hey, do what you can. This has been another episode of Under the Helmet. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other
2: 18- plus.